just doing some research into this week's Rycar story. I'm going to meet Mags Iverts, who has a passion for Harley-Davidson bikes. There are loads of videos on YouTube. Just have a listen to this noise. I'm intrigued to see what Mag's bike is like. We'll also talk about the food bank, in which Mag's is heavily involved, along with friends and colleagues. It's the side of Rye you may be unfamiliar with, but it's really important. Let's go and see it. Mags, good to see you. Looking forward to hearing more about the motorbike and the food bank. But you moved to Rye from Hastings after many years working at the Conquest Hospital. What were you doing there? I joined as operations manager in the IT department. And by the time I left, I was the head of IT and automated many regular hospital procedures because, you know, from when you're admitted to discharge, everything is managed on the computer. It was a very exciting time. I really enjoyed it. When I first arrived, they put people in taxi cabs with x-rays to send up to Guy's Hospital. And by the time I left, it was all online in real time with surgeons in the operating theatre, patients working from consultants at Guy's. So it was very good. Do you miss that sort of thing? I enjoyed it up until 2007 when it became target-orientated. It became very, very pressurised. It was a very demanding and not always comfortable role. Mm. It must have been tough as well because... As a woman in IT, reaching the very top, it's a hell of an achievement. Yeah, well, I was very fortunate in that I had wonderful staff. It sounds very patronising, it's a hell of an achievement. <laughs> I, don't, I don't mean it like that, but you know what I mean, IT's quite, quite blokey, isn't it? Yeah, my superior physical presence has always <laughs> been an asset, I think, <laughs> being that I'm tall and bigger than most men. That's the era that I came from had all that training during the 1970s and I went to Greenham Common. So I wasn't ever going to let anything hold me back to do with my gender. Tell me about Greenham Common. Back in the day, like most people I was friends with, we felt very strongly about anti-nuclear war and things. I didn't ever enjoy the label feminist because I feel that that categorises you to burn the bra and ridiculous things. But I've always felt very strongly about equal opportunities and I hate discrimination of any type, especially gender. It showed me how to be passionate about something and how to stand up for what you really believe in because it's actions that count, not words. So if you're getting up early in the morning and screaming your head off round the fences at Greenham, that's a transformative experience. And also a sense of community with all the women together. That was tremendous. It wasn't very savoury in lots of respects. There were no facilities of any description. But yeah, it was an incredibly good experience. Mm. So you've moved to Rye, you've retired. What are you doing now? You're working on the food bank. I think it's really important as a retired person to feel your life still has purpose. I've got a lovely daughter and granddaughter. I wanted to do other things and I joined the food bank quite soon after moving here. I really appreciate it, having that element in my life, which is demanding and difficult, but rewarding. It's very rewarding. In what way? I mean, when we started, it wasn't like it is now. There was just me and three other grandmas. 
and we used to have a busy day, a busy week, if we had like 10 or 20 visitors to the Baptist Hall. When they sacked all the staff in the hotels and Pontins holiday camp, where they used to get accommodation with their jobs, and there was suddenly the raft of homelessness, as well as people with no money and no food. It was a very demanding time and it was quite hellish. I'm very glad that we persisted with it anyway. It's a completely efficient, automated support service for thousands of people. Many people rely on it and I'm very proud and very privileged to be a part of Rye Food Bank, which is now newly independent. For those who don't know the food bank, what do you actually do? We're open every Wednesday. We open at 12 and we're open for three hours and anyone who walks in the door will be given as an com- absolute minimum three meals a day for three days. If you've got, say, a family of four, then that would be for all of the people in the household. Where do you get the food from? Who donates food to you? Well, it's marvellous. I mean, the generosity of this community is absolutely breathtaking. From the WI in Pet to the Iden stores and Jempson's, it's beautiful that we receive tonnes of food especially in the growing season when we get fresh and we get Hands of Hope in Hawkehurst always bring trays of really nice food. And that when the clients come in, they fall on it. They love to see uh, fresh fruit and vegetables. They really appreciate that. If anybody's listening to this thinking, how can I help the food bank? What does the food bank need? Because we have very limited storage space since we lost the basement of the Methodist Church, we've got very limited storage space So although it sounds a bit mercenary, actually money is the most useful thing to give us because that enables us to keep a balanced stock and we're interested and concerned to provide our clients with a balanced diet. And if people have got their vegetarian or celiac intolerant or anything like that, we like to be able to have that stock to support special diet. What sort of people are you helping? It's really difficult to put any kind of label or description of them because they vary so widely. People might be surprised at the number of over 65s that we're supporting because there are some who have rent increases that they can't meet from their income. People who have general hardship because of low pay. In this area it's very difficult for anybody to earn enough to be able to pay for their housing and the food and support a family very difficult indeed you're talking in a very moderate but passionate way how does that sort of make you feel i've had to control that (laughs) yeah it does make me angry and it must be because they've never thought about it where they can not be supportive of the food bank or blame the people that attend there i've had comments made to me in the past to do with it being their fault. They've contributed to the situation that they're in. The people that come to the food bank are there because of their own actions. I mean, I can't believe there's that level of unawareness, ignorance, you know. I always feel there, but for the grace of God, go I. Because once one thing slides, like you become ill, or you lose your job, or a dependent of yours becomes ill, and you've got the associated support of that, It's a slippery slope. You're only ever, I think, two wage packets, you know, from destitution. It's terrible. It's really terrible. And all the austerity that we've suffered from over the last decade means that 
there just aren't the safety nets that there used to be. They're just not there. You retire, you don't have to do this, so why do you do it? I believe that we're all responsible for each other. I think that love is the strongest force in the world. I believe in God. We all have a moral obligation to help each other. I feel that very strongly. Love should be the most obvious feature of our civilization, and not what we look like or what we've got. It's not cool to sort of tell people you love them and things like that. But the people that come into the food bank, if they let me hug them any time, I, I always take advantage. <laughs> Max, it's great talking to you. Let's go downstairs and see one of your other passions. We've come downstairs to the garage and here it is. What are we looking at? This is Harold. He's a 2001 Harley Davidson fat boy, customised to commemorate the Battle of Hastings. All the images on the leather, the tank, the mudguards, all of it are directly from the Bayer tapestry, except the main panels on the tank of Harold with the arrow in his eye. And on the other side is the Norman Archer firing the arrow. But other than that, they're all original from the Bayer Tapestry. The frieze going round the edge of all the horses galloping with the mounted soldiers on them and the Latin inscription, which goes all round the bikes, talking about the preparation for the battle. I chose particularly because they reminded me of edges to Rigby and Pella underwear that my husband bought me because I wanted my bike not to be pink and girly but to be artistic and beautiful. It's very fine quality corsetry which is decorated with lovely trimming. The horse underneath there in Latin inscription there advanced to Hastings and the horse is in an excited state. <laughs> I always like having that behind me so that when I came off the ferry at Dover and I would know then that I'm on my way home and fly up the road with that behind me. It's just wonderful. Why the Hastings design? Why the Bayer Tapestry? It's the Hastings Harley. It's the 1066 Harley. I'm interested in history and I think the Battle of Hastings is a massive event that's not really understood and well enough and I just think it was something that really attracted me at the time, appealed to me because I didn't have the full chain mail and helmet and sword and spear and I used to ride it with that, yeah. It is absolutely stunning and when I found out you had the Harley I was thinking it's a Harley Davidson, it's a motorbike, it'll be black with a saddle, it's not. No, I know when I ended up customising it after one of many accidents that I've had on it where it got smashed up. I mean, most people then would then have a custom paint job that would resemble flames with skulls and devils and aggressive and the rest of it. And this doesn't. This represents the area that I come from and live. It's a famous bike. I don't ever want to part with it. And I've never got bored with it, even though I've now had it over 20 years. Was it your first bike? No, it's my fourth. But it's the one that I've enjoyed the most. 
I've been four times over the Pyrenees into Spain with it and I've ridden over the Alps. I think the furthest I've ever been on it was when I rode it to Venice. Wow. <laughs> now, I've never been on a bike. What's the appeal? I like that it's relaxed. It's extremely comfortable. There's a rack that I can attach to the rear there and I pile up high my luggage so I can what back support to lean on. And the tr- powerful torque of the engine means that climbing a mountain range, you don't have to change the gears very often. It will rumble along indefinitely. I think the furthest I've ridden in a day has been 500 miles. Wow. Mm. How do you feel after that? Fine, absolutely fine. It is absolutely stunning. It's a good talking piece, you know. If, yeah. you, if you rock up anywhere on this, and you park up and then smile or look friendly, people are going to talk to you. It's excellent. My husband doesn't join with it. He doesn't like it, but he comes on EasyJet. So I meet him and, yeah, it's lovely. I've had some of the best fun in my life on this bike. When people see that it's ridden by a woman, what Mm. happens? They're intrigued. They make judgment about you and things like that. It's up to them and that's their loss, but... I'm not unique by any means. I've got a number of friends who ride independently as well, big bikes. Women shouldn't have barriers imposed on them. Women should be able to do exactly what they want to do with their lives in the same way that men have. I think stereotyping on gender is quite wrong. Do you ever end up on the strands? Because on Sunday all the bikers end up there. I don't think I've ever seen a woman, though. No, it's not my idea of fun. And I have to ride this at least 10 miles to warm the engine. So to take it and park it there wouldn't be worth it, no. I've stopped there before on the way back. But no, they're mostly rice rockets. (laughs) Not my thing. It's a big beast. It must be quite hard to drive, isn't it? Ride? Drive? Ride. I don't find it hard to ride. You just need some strength. Yeah, and as I've got older, it's more hard. And what I do have a problem is if I drop it, I have to get someone to help me pick it up, which I didn't used to have to do, but I do now. But it's too heavy now to pick up. I'm never going to part with it. (laughs) Where are you off to next? What I do usually now, when spring comes, I'll uh, clean it up and take it out, have it serviced, and then... Even if I just ride it to Beachy Head a few times to watch the sunset or ride it over to my sister's in Canterbury, I'd be very happy just to do that. I don't do the large trips to Europe anymore now because I'm getting on a bit now. So, <laughs> Is it dangerous? I think everything's dangerous. That's what makes it fun. The noise and the sound and the smell... It must be incredible. It is, yeah, it is. Despite all the years that I've been doing it, it makes my heart beat faster and it gives me joy and I think you have to have joy whatever it is that gives you joy you have to do it so yeah I love it it's wonderful I'll put a photo of Harold on the website that's rycast.org you'll also find a link to the Rye Food Bank there Many thanks to Mags for her time. Looking forward to seeing her out and about in town on Harold. Rycast returns in a couple of weeks' time. If you'd like to suggest a story, do get in touch. It's rycastsussex at gmail.com. Until next time, goodbye. Goodbye.